But I don't believe that anybody should tell me what the hell I have to do, pardon my grammar anyway. Uh, you know, that's dictating. We've got enough of that as it is. I don't need some sucker to tell me how to drive. With only a week to go before the law takes effect, it's obvious a lot of people are still fighting seatbelts. Joe Miller, the man who doesn't like being told what to do, says he's going to ask his doctor for a medical certificate so he won't have to wear one. Hello, everyone. That was a news clip of some backwards-thinking hick resisting mandatory seatbelt laws. The rest of the piece goes on to contrast this barbarian with wise, enlightened types who see no reason why their government should not insist upon such things. I downloaded this clip a while back with the intention of making a podcast on the unintended consequences of mandates. Seatbelt mandates, accepted as an obvious good, were the go-to example of why people were stupid to object to mandates for masks. Before I got round to it, James Corbett invited me on his show to discuss this very issue, which satiated my appetite for it. James and I discussed the Peltzman effect, named after economist Sam Peltzman, who observed that, for some reason, seatbelt mandates didn't seem to deliver their promised reduction in road traffic fatalities. Far from the imagined 20%, Dr. Peltzman couldn't detect any reduction at all. Let's listen to his explanation of why. I was scratching my head what, what could have caused this, uh, and what, what I came up with was basically an application of very simple economic logic, which was what, what these devices did was reduce the, what you might think of as the price of having an accident, the, the, the cost that was borne by the, the person who was driving the car if, if there was an accident. See, not, none of these things None of these things really affected directly the likelihood of having an accident. What they did was to to kind of give you a signal, which is if you get into an accident, you're going to be safer. All right, so that's like a price reduction. It's like saying if you do something that gets you into an accident, the consequences, what you're going to have to pay out is, uh, what you're going to have to give up is less. So, so, so... Uh, light goes off, well, basic economics suggests that if the, the price of something goes down, people will do more of it, people will buy more of it. So, so my story was that the price of an accident had gone down, people compensated by taking more risks, which have a benefit. You go faster, you get where you're going faster, you, you, go, you take shortcuts and so on and so forth. It has a benefit to you. It also has a cost of uh, raising the risk of, of, of getting into an accident and then getting hurt or having your car damaged. But that second thing had gone, had been reduced. The, the consequences had been reduced, so I think people took more risks. And what you're going to get is, is uh, uh, a disproportionate share of those risks would be borne by non-occupants in this particular, in, in this particular case. Although uh, you, you could also have uh, you know the the theory that we have is so flexible in these matters that it, 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 it's not even clear that the people inside the car would be protect in terms of total uh, accident damage that they that they would uh, gain in that score they would gain in getting where they're going faster if there wasn't an accident which is ninety nine point nine nine percent of the cases they gain in in in, in uh, uh, time and speed and all that kind of thing. Uh, uh, 
But anyway, my finding was that the way it worked out was there was no net effect. Dr. Peltzman goes on to say that people with entrenched interests who think only in terms of crash test dummies just couldn't get their heads around this. There was a very, very uh, substantial negative reaction from, from what you might call the safety community, which, which because there was 10 years of regulation under their belt, had been heavily subsidized by the government, had a lot of influence in, in not only in Washington, but in Detroit, uh, 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 in, in the, in the uh, automobile industry, which had adapted to all of this. And they didn't want that boat rocked, and they had a very, very strong stake in a view of the world which didn't allow much room for human behavior as a response to these things. They wanted the world to think that if you crash a dummy into a wall, and in, in uh, a vast majority of the cases, the dummy comes out with, with you know, with, a, with a, the electronic signals indicating that it, that it would have survived had it been a human being. That's the end of the story. That justifies the regulation. Forget all the rest. And, and they viewed it as a threat. This brief episode is an extension of this issue. I've recently come across a paper published in 2020 by doctors Jordan Nickerson and David Solomon. It turns out that not only do seatbelt mandates not save lives, but car seat mandates prevent them from coming into existence in the first place. In their paper, Car Seats as Contraception, Nickerson and Solomon state since 1977, U.S. states have passed laws steadily raising the age for which a child must ride in a car safety seat. These laws significantly raise the cost of having a third child, as many regular-sized cars cannot fit three child seats in the back. Using census data, they estimate that when women have two children of ages requiring mandated car seats, they have a lower annual probability of giving birth by 0.73 percentage points. Taking a look at the year 2017, they estimate that car seat laws prevented 57 car crash fatalities of children throughout the whole United States, whilst reducing the number of babies being born by approximately 8,000. They calculate the effect of this is that there have been 145,000 fewer births since 1980, with 90% of the reduction taking place since the year 2000. So there you have it, car seats as contraceptives. Who would have thought it? Except it's not really the car seats, of course, but rather the mandates that are having the effect. Whether this is part of the global elite population reduction plan, or an unintended consequence no one foresaw, I shall leave you to decide. Thank you for listening. Details of how to subscribe to the show and get access to the forum and Zoom groups are all in the info box below.